This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 4. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hey, and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese classic film Goodfellas one wonderful minute at a time. My name is Ron Richards, and with me is Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. Hi. How you doing? How you doing? Hello. How you doing? All right. 
So here we are in the fourth minute of Goodfellas, and we pick the action up as Henry is Henry Hill is narrating what the world around him, literally across the street, is like. Uh, as we see the mobsters hanging out at the cab stand uh, in East uh, East New York and Brooklyn, and we see we get introduced to some of the mo- mobsters. We see how well they dress. We see the big cars they drive, and we get uh, we get introduced to uh, the the bosses. Uh, first one up is uh, Tootie. And uh, that's that's what we see in this minute. Well, so uh, I mean, like like right away, um, you see the like the incredibly fancy shiny cars. Like that stands yeah. out to me. Those yeah. big boisterous bubbly cars. They're super shiny. You see the close up on the shoe and the perfectly hemmed uh, clothing. And you got to think pink, like, the pinky ring. Yeah, and you got to yeah. think like it's it's hot in New York. Yeah, you know, like and they're in all this clothes. They're peacocking basically. You know, and that's a big part of the light. We're going to see that, you know, throughout the movie, definitely. Um, you, you know, you watch the, them step out of the car, and, like, then you see the whole suspension of the car just kind of bounce because they're these big men, you know, yeah. that, are, that are moving these, these big cars around. It's a very carb-heavy diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, a little bit. Um, and to hear Henry talk about it, like what, you know, he's talking about how he would watch the cab stand and how he felt as if he belonged there. And he, the the sense of power that these guys had in their neighborhood, how they would, you know, they'd double park and never get a ticket and they could, you know, have all night card games and nobody ever called the police. And it was just like this idea of this aura about these guys that these were the guys. But also and, and, from a, from a from poverty point of view, he's a lower middle class Irish Italian kid with yeah. six siblings and... And a dad not making a lot of money. These guys are flashing pinky yeah. rings and giant cars. And I mean, this is an incredibly seductive life happening literally, you know, 40 feet from his window. So yeah. it's, he's got to grow up thinking this is, I got to find a way to get over there. Right. Yeah. And it's just like they're living in the city, you know, and there's compromises to living in the city. There's, you know, but these guys don't, they don't do that. Right. You know, they, they do whatever they want. You know, this isn't, they don't care about anybody else. It's, it's not the thing. And the whole thing about this first flashback is that, it's you know it's super glamorous. Yep. You know this makes you think, wow, that that's the greatest thing on earth. I can see why he'd want that. The music is making us excited. You know, everybody looks really happy. You know, it's it's all it's all making it look wonderful and well, romantic. I, I, I gotta tell you, what looks wonderful is the mobster who gets out of the passenger side of the car. As the we get a shot of his, his shoes, and then it goes up as he's getting out of the car. He is literally wearing a necktie that is not tied, but crossed mm. over in an X with both parts of the tie tucked into his pants. <laughs> yep. No, no, it's no. a great look. It's a great look. I tried real hard to figure out who this guy is, <laughs> and I couldn't nail it down. The best That's I got how powerful is, he is. You don't even no, know. No, I thought I think it might be Anthony Stabile. Um, uh, as we get to the scene later, as we go through them, I tried to watch and compare it. Um, we're going to see this guy get into some action. Uh, so we're going to see him again, but I don't, I don't know if he has any lines. Um, so let's watch out when Anthony Stabile comes back. We'll, we'll compare. Ron, did you just like time. moan at the, at the sound of Anthony Stabile's name? I did. He's excited about a scene that's I'm coming really, up. I'm really excited. That's like, this could be a long uh, episode. It is not Anthony Stabile. <laughs> that is not Anthony Stabile. Okay. I can confirm that. Yeah, it's a big cast, so it's difficult sometimes to nail down who that is. No, it's not Mikey Francais. Oh, I can't wait for that scene. All right, I'm sorry. Right, okay, so anyway, so we're the the first, who is identified in the the, uh, script as hood number one, by the way. Yeah. Or possibly number two. I don't know. Um, uh, The next guy to get out, uh, you may recognize. Uh, It's it's actor Tony Sirico, who who many uh, fans of The Sopranos might recognize as Pauly Walnuts, um, playing Tony Stacks. Who is not to be confused with Stax Edwards? Okay. So, key. F- fun fact about Tony Sirico is he was actually a criminal. 
Yeah, he went to jail for robbing a Brooklyn After Hours club. He spent a little over a year in jail for that. And he was in felony weapons possession and uh, drug possession. And he learned to act in prison. So yeah, everybody well, does. Well, that, that's what, that, I mean, that, that's what's really interesting about um, going back to in the last episode, we we're talking about how they shot it in New York. And, and a lot of these guys are around. A lot of these guys, a lot of these guys are around, and a lot of these guys were guys. Like you know, same thing happened with the Sopranos. You know, a TV show that came on ten years afterwards. Um, but you know, a lot of these Italian American guys who were getting into acting because they looked the type, and they looked the type because they were the type. You know, <laughs> so, you go down, go down Tony Sirico's credit list, and it's a. Uh... I mean, if, 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 you know, it's like one of those guys who's like, I always get cast as the Arab terrorist. Yeah. He always gets cast as, as the Italian mobster. Yeah. Cause honestly, what else is he going to do? Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> the guy, it's like the guy who, uh, gets cast as Hitler all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, he did do my favorite Netflix commercial ever though. So <laughs> this, this minute introduces to, to, to Tutti Cicero, who's my, I think my favorite of the minor characters. Tootie is a good character. Tootie's I think he's my character. favorite. Yeah. So do, do, do we want to hear about Tootie in real life or the actor first? Well, let's let's. This is interesting. Uh, the actor is played by Frank DeLeo, and you think, oh, they just found some guy who looked like an Italian. No, no, no. Frank DeLeo was Michael Jackson's manager throughout <laughs> the eighties. What? He was Michael Jackson's manager through like the most popular part of Michael Jackson's life. Uh, and then again was hired back. He, he, was, he was let go because they thought he was messing with the money. And then he was hired uh, back and he was his manager from 2009 until Jackson's death in 2011. Wow. Jeez. Uh, apparently he wrote a memoir um, about his time. And, and in it there's a, there's a story um, that he stopped the mob from a supposed hit on Michael Jackson. They were going to kill him. Why? And he stopped that. Ha- I don't know. That's a the very news article was a very important detail. Uh, detail. I assume that they wanted to stop him from the kid. Anyway, um, <laughs> they were trying to do some good work. Um, yeah. So uh, that that blew me away. So this is one of those guys where every once in a while, Martin Scorsese will pull somebody out that you don't necessarily, you know, think well, is he, he loves non-actors. Yeah, like he's like yeah. Linklater in that sense. Like yeah. they both love to have. I mean, there's a lot of guys. There's even a guy later on in the movie who's playing himself. So I mean, they love the he loves the authenticity and the rawness of these these untrained actors. Yeah. So that's the, that's the actor, uh, Ron. What do we know about Tootie? So Tootie in real life. Um, so it's important to note that from here on out, every name we hear is, except for Henry Hill has changed. Um, right. Um, yeah, so so um, to, in the in here in the movie we're introduced to Tutti Cicero. Uh, in real life, he is based on uh, Vito Tutti Vario. Um, the the Tutti T U D D Y T U D D Y. Yep. So Tutti Vario was the brother of Paul Vario, um, and we we get introduced to Paul at the end of this minute. We're going to talk more about Paul tomorrow, um, but. Uh, Paul Vario was the head of the of the mobsters in this neighborhood. Uh, Vito was his brother. Um, they were Vito was they were the Vario brothers. I think there were four of them in the neighborhood, um, and they all lived. They stayed in that neighborhood in the Brownsville, East New York section their entire lives. Um, they were a big presence. They were a big presence in the neighborhood. Um, 
uh, Vito Tutti uh, actually in real life lost his leg in the Korean War. Yes, yes. Yes. So he lost his left leg he in the Korean War. He around the neighborhood. Yep. And um, the way Henry got into the camp stand was actually uh, Henry would just show up and hang out there. And eventually, after Henry spent some time running uh, errands for Paul, uh, Tootie hired him to run his errands for him because Tootie couldn't get around so well. Uh, yep. And uh, he indeed ran the cab stand as well as the pizza place, which we'll talk about a little later on when we see that. Um, but he always remained a, a low-level, uh, you know, just kind of trusted guy to his brother who was the, the head of the, the crime family, but never really moved beyond the neighborhood, probably because of the, uh, of the leg injury. Like, he was limited by what he could do. So he would be a soldier? Yeah, or boss maybe, you know, or you know, a capo okay. maybe, you know, like he, I mean. So he was enough to be a capo, you think? Uh, I mean, he's family, you know, like he. And he, know, ran, and he ran he, businesses. He, yeah, he ran yeah. businesses. We're gonna see that Dude. later. We're gonna see that later on. But he was running aspects of the the crime business. So yeah. Now, actually, what, there's more about him in the next minute. But yeah. the, do we know what crime family the Varios yes, are from? Uh, the Varios were part. Well, I mean, the, the mafia doesn't exist, but obviously, um, the 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 Varios were part of the Lucchese crime family. Okay. Um, and they were they and they operated out of uh, out of kind of southeast Brooklyn. I, I, I could get in trouble even talking about this. Uh, but yeah, the the kind of uh, they were mainly in Brooklyn, um, and it's going to come in a little later on why geographically the Lucchese fa- crime family was so important. Um, right. But uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so there you have it. So Vito Tudivario, one legged, uh, and you wouldn't want to mess with them. But uh, I, I, uh, Frank DeLeo, he's, this is one of my favorite characters as yes, well. Just yes, the, just yes. the, yeah, the, uh, he's great. So, he's so completely unique. One yeah. thing you get here also is, uh, is a little horseplay. You get to see a little bit of how these guys not only peacock with each other, but it's also bust balls. Yeah. And that brings Polly out, um, who we're really introduced to next, in the next minute, but Polly comes out to shut it all down. But I, this, this has to look like the best place ever to a kid across the street. I can't even imagine. Yeah, exactly. They're they're, they're men who didn't grow up. Yeah, yeah, they look wealthy. They fuck with each other. They have la- they they smoke. They have laughs all night long. They play cards. This has to look like the just Shangri La, you know, yep. fifty feet away. So you can see why this would be so seductive for Henry. And, and I I know we are going to talk about uh, Polly, but you know his his entrance uh, with everything else that's been going on is this quiet and incredibly powerful look. Yep. It's the first thing you see. He just sort of he glides out there slowly, and he gives a look. It stops everything. Yep. Like that's and that that's the character, right there. Um, and so, um, the actor uh, Paul Sorvino, who uh, <laughs> one time, I was standing in an elevator bank in Los Angeles, and it opened up, and then he was standing there looking at me, and I shat my pants. <laughs> I, I didn't. I but but it like it felt like that. I was like. What am I like? It was everything crossed in my head. What's happening right now? Why is Polly looking at me? <laughs> then he got out of the elevator. Some, I mean, it's similar to how we're tracking the number of fucks and the number of deaths and all stuff like this that happen. Um, the number of looks from Paul Servito in this are just like he, he, of all the people, he is the best at not saying anything. Yeah. Right, I mean, and and it's well, it's and it's amazing. So well, we should get into that because we don't, he doesn't really get the look. We don't even have a close yeah. up of him this minute. But one thing I did, I'm, I'm noticing is that, to, yeah, as the I guess Tiddy was a younger brother of uh, Polly, yep. probably. Yes, yep, yep. So when the guys pull up in the car, they all they're all fucking with Tootie. right? And there, I mean, one guy's got him in a headlock. The other guy's punching him in the stomach, and then Polly comes out to shut it down. It's still the kind of they don't really have the respect for Tootie they had they have for Polly, and yep. it's sort of. 
the older brother has to come out and save the younger brother from these guys. Well, because he's only you got know? one. He's only got one leg here. I mean, it's just me. Right. So, the, yeah. so they. Had, I didn't the, get that he was protecting him. I got that he was like saying, "You're making me look bad." Stop. Yeah. But that's because they're fucking with his brother. I mean, yeah. they would if they had if they were afraid of Tootie, they wouldn't do that to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, was, I can see that. I can see that. Like Paul, Paulie gets more respect. I think that's what it is. It's not protecting his brother, but he's got more. I mean, like he he he, he says to shut up, and they all shut up. Yeah. You know. So it's, it's it, there's a lot of interesting things that happen in this movie that's very silently without yeah. explanation. But and uh, this this entire time I've been searching and I cannot find the name of that mobster. He's not credited. You can't. You can't. No. Yeah. There's our white whale. So if anyone is listening at home, the guy in the passenger car, it's who, the tie tucked in. We want to know who he is. It's not. He's going to show up in the next. It's not Joe Buddha. It's no, not Mikey Francis. It's it's not, not you fat know. Tony. Yeah. So it's not Fat Andy. It's not Frankie the Wop. All right, Fat Andy. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Of. Yeah. So uh, if you know, please write in. Uh, go to Goodfellas. Fat Tony was from The Simpsons. Go, go to Good. He's also in this movie. Go to GoodfellasMinute.com uh, and con- and hit the about and contact us and let us know. So. <laughs> so is that it for this minute? That's all I, I have. That's all I got. So uh, until tomorrow, stay tuned for the – we'll be finishing out the first week of Goodfellas Minute, uh, Minute 5. So tune back in tomorrow. Till then, check out us on Twitter at Goodfellas Min or on Instagram at Goodfellas Minute. And you can find everything, including information on how to contact us at goodfellowsminute.com. Um, and also, if you like comic books, check out our sister site at fanboy.com. We can hear our weekly podcast there. Uh, and until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is on.